0: Welcome to Football Game Plans Fantasy Football Starting Lineup. I'm Emory Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and tonight we're going to give you a full-fledged breakdown for your fantasy football league, and we have our football game plan analyst join with us. We're at full capacity here, one running back, three wide receivers, so we're spreading the field from east to west, starting with Chris James, our draft analyst. Chris, how are you, you doing today?
1: Doing well. I'm down here in beautiful Tampa, Florida. I get to live in paradise every day. And also a football paradise because there's great football within driving distance of this lovely location.
0: And you got the fun shirt on as well. And we got Gene Clemens down there in Tampa as well. Shirtless. Gene Clemens, how's it doing? How you doing, man?
1: Man,
2: just put me out there like that. Well, if you are gonna put me out there like that, I'm 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 hanging out, you know, it's Florida. So we're we're enjoying this warm tropical weather. Um just broke down some film on our next opponent opponent. Shout out to Zephyr Hills High School and my and my dog fight crew, that wide receiving crew, so we're going to do how we do.
0: And we got Teron Davenport up in Philly. Teron, how's it going? What's
3: going on? It's good to be on here, you know, checking out these replays of some of these preseason games and ready to talk some shop, man.
0: And that's a, the that's a unique part about it, man, because like right now with, with fantasy football, everyone is talking numbers and stats and data, which is great because you need that. In fantasy football but a lot of times people take away the football part out of it you know and that's where we come into play again we've all played the game coached the game got a lot of experience with evaluation of talent so we know what guys can do well and and how they fit in these schemes so we're gonna give you the fans some very important and valuable information that's football related and we're, we always are happy to say that here at football game plan you can follow Chris on Twitter at CJ Florida 9 you can follow the De- Tehran at T Davenport underscore NFL and you can follow Gene at Gene Clements on Twitter and I'm also at F ball game plan so first guys we got to start off with the safe picks these are like your, your slam dunks the guys that you want to look to in the early rounds as they will give you consistent production um, you know you, you want to grab these guys initially so starting off with you Chris what are you looking for in a safe pick? I know I just explained what a safe pick is, but what are you looking for in a safe pick? And then who would you say would be your safe pick in a, in the first round? It doesn't matter what position. I know it. it we could go by position, but we're not going to go by position. Just who is your safe pick um, in this year's so, fantasy football season?
1: What you want to look for in a safe pick is a guy who has a very high floor. What I mean by that is – You know, he might not have a touchdown every week if he's a positional player, but you know he's going to give you 80 yards rushing, 90 yards receiving, whatever it may be. If it's a PPR league, you're going to get at least seven or eight receptions. So my safe player, everyone's wide receiver crazy this year, but I'm going to go with the safest running back to pick until he doesn't play in the league anymore. That's Adrian Peterson. Anytime Adrian Peterson has played more than a handful of games due to suspension or severe injury, He's gotten you at least 10 touchdowns every season. He's gotten you at least 1,200 yards every season. That's the safest thing you can go with because Adrian Peterson's going to be handed the ball and he's going to make things happen.
0: Yeah, that's a smart pick because, again, this is the guy, and I know a lot of people look at Trent, Well, they, they, they drafted, they got uh, Diggs from last year, they got Rudolph tight and everybody's, oh, the Vikings going to throw the football around. But one thing me and Gene was talking about before you guys jumped on is that you also got to look at who's calling the play. So they will not become the Air Raid Vikings, you know what I'm saying? So you still have right. to look at his Adrian Peterson team, and that's a smart pick. What about you, Teron?
3: Yeah, for me, I look, I got to stay loyal to the wide receiver position, and I have to go with Antonio Brown. And the reason why I go with Antonio Brown is because of consistency. You know, CJ touched on that, how, how you have to have a guy that's going to consistently perform for you. you. Just look at what he's done over the last – years I mean over 120 catches last year 136 look at the yards he put up the guy shows up every single week and that's what you want from a player you know and also the big plays some of those leagues they give you extra points for the amount of yards your touchdown is so he gives you long touchdowns also give you you know consistent games with plenty of catches and yards so he would be my guy
0: and you look at their situation, I mean, think about it. They're going to be without Le'Veon Bell for the first three games, and, you know, they have D'Angelo Williams, which is a, a really good back, but from a passing standpoint, they utilize Antonio Brown like a almost their pseudo running back as well, as far as, like, dumping the short passes. He'll make somebody miss and could take it a long way. He also touches the football in, in punt return situations, and he's money inside the red zone, so... That's just as great of a pick as would be a guy like Adrian Peterson, so that's a, another good point uh, you got you two guys made, have made. So Gene, what, what who do you see as a a safe pick this year in fantasy football?
2: Well, you know, being a wide receiver, I can always go wide receiver. There are a lot of safe picks out there, and obviously we've spoken and, and CJ and I have spoken about the value of a running back and how they still run fantasy in, in, in my in my opinion. Um, but i'm gonna go a place that i've gone in in almost like the last probably four or five um fantasy drafts that I've been, and that's cam newton he mm-hmm. he to me he's a guy who's consistent and not just consistent from a passer standpoint um three three thousand plus yards every year, eighteen plus touchdowns every year, but also when you add into fact into the fact that his ability to get yards on the ground. And put the ball in the end zone is invaluable in fantasy. He's a guy that you're going to want to have on your team if you're trying to win um, in, in, in today's fantasy football league.
0: Which is smart because, again, if, if you let's say a, a, a couple years ago, maybe five or six years ago, it seems like the, the, the time has passed by. Before uh, you're going back to a time when guys like Cam Newton and and uh, you know Aaron Rodgers. Didn't do, weren't able to do a lot of damage. The dual threat capabilities, you know, you know, so to speak. But that that's why I think a guy that I would choose as the safest pick would be just piggybacking off that position, Russell Wilson. I mean, you talk about the Black Aaron Rodgers as far as touchdown to interception ratio. That's going to continue to go up. I mean, he did a lot of damage last year. Thirty-four touchdowns, only eight interceptions. Three years in a row, he hadn't thrown over nine interceptions. So. That number, I think, is going to continue to drop. The touchdowns are going to go up, um, and what he also adds that that value is what he does on the ground. You look at his first four years in the league: over 2,400 yards rushing, 12 rushing touchdowns. Now, last year he only had one rushing touchdown. I still think that's going to change. I think he's going to get between four and five. Uh, you know, and again, he's just going to pile up the fantasy points because it, he handles the football every play. Yeah, so you look at guys that that handle the football every player are a big part of their team's is offense. Um, so we have running back, we have receiver, and two quarterbacks. And the, the receiver pick was easily explainable as to why you would go that way. And that would probably be the only receiver I would go with as a safe pick. Now, l- let's talk about some sleepers. You know, here, here are some guys that, that aren't getting the value from many sources. You know, if you do a consensus look These are guys that have probably a double-digit round ADP, uh, which is average draft position, but should produce like an early-round player. And and I'll kick this one off. Um, I look at the biggest sleeper I think right now, to me, is probably Robert Griffin III. I look at that offense, and I look at how they're going to spread the field, and I look at a comparison. You know, I look at how Andy Dalton was able to handle that offense in Cincinnati under Hugh Jackson. And I think when you look at how uh, Hugh Jackson had Jason Campbell playing well in Oakland, he had Carson Palmer playing well in Oakland. And I think he had with, with Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus you, Russell, you know, I think when you look at this this Browns offense and what RG three can bring to the table from just a passing standpoint, not even talking about his ability to run, I think RG three is probably one of the biggest sleepers this year in fantasy football. So I'm gonna start back around the room, starting with you. Uh, Gene, who is your biggest sleeper this year in fantasy football?
2: Well, when you're looking at it, I'll go running back for a sleeper. I like Reggie Bush in Buffalo. I know that right. you, you look at LaShawn McCoy and he's obviously your number one back, but the value that Reggie Bush gives you in the passing game, if you've looked at it, they've they've experimented with some two back sets where they've got Reggie Bush or LaShawn McCoy split out wide because both of them are adept at receiving the ball. And then you look at the fact that Reggie Bush is going to be the primary punt returner and, um, I believe, kit returner for, for Buffalo. He's going to get an opportunity to touch the ball a lot more than people think. You also have to factor into, into the equation that LaShawn McCoy is yet to make it through a season where he hasn't had to miss a game or be spelled. And so that that tentativeness to, to give him 30 carries or even sometimes 20 carries, I think make Reggie Bush, a guy that if you're in a deep league, a 12 to 14 team league, and you need some backs, that's a guy that you're going to want to you know pick up because he's going to take a punt to the house at some point. He's going to catch a pass that goes to the house. He's going to break one because he's a dynamic football player. So Reggie Bush, that's who I go with.
0: And here's the thing about Bush. You look at what just transpired this past weekend with Carlos Williams being cut in a surprising move. So now that just elevates Bush up the depth chart. And you also have the factor, and they're going to give him a little bit more leeway and and touches as opposed to a rookie in Jonathan Williams. Um, so you know Reggie Bush being a, in the mix, I could see why you would say he's a sleeper. What about you, Tyrone?
3: You know, I'm going to go a little bit different from the norm, and actually, that's going to be the Eagles' defense. And, you know, you look at defense-ball special teams, everybody's paying attention to the offense, but in the meantime, the Eagles' defense is is really aggressive up front. you got four guys that are going to really get them out of sack numbers, coming off the edge, and a guy to watch out for, Stephen Neal, has been outstanding in camp. So, I think he's someone that's going to get pressure on the quarterback. All of Jim Schwartz's teams have, have gotten High sack number. so there's points there. Fletcher Cox from the inside getting the pressure, collapsing the pocket. That's going to force some some turnovers. You know, interceptions. You have guys like a Nolan Carroll that you know can pick the ball off when given the opportunity. I think this as a unit defensively, they're worth a lot of points because of the sacks and the interceptions. But then when you mix in the special teams, you got the little guy, Mighty Mouse, you know, and Darren Sproles back there returning. The, the punts, and, I mean, let's face it, he's still one of the best punt returners in the league. And then you combine that with Josh Huff, who has a lot of ability as a returner also. So I, I think that that special team slash defense for the Eagles is a, a unit that you really need to watch out for.
0: Well, that's a great call because I do think the Eagles statistically last year got a bad rep. I think people look at the numbers and think that the defense – was bad, but the Eagles' defense wasn't bad at all. They have a really good defense, and now it's going to show itself because of, I think their offense is going to struggle, um, and their defense will do a great job. Uh, how we talked about uh, the Vikings' defense being great, um, and their offense maybe won't, well, you know, not the Vikings' defense, but um, uh, I forgot the team we were talking about off-air, but that defense being great and the offense won't have, will have issues scoring, but. I see the Eagles' defense being really good. And, you know, that that front four, um, the depth that they have now at linebacker, I know it's not depth numbers-wise, but talent-wise. they got a lot of speed and athleticism. And in the secondary, you mentioned it. You know, it's just I think they're a great defense. Uh, One of the best defenses, I think, that we're going to see this year in the NFL, along with some others. Uh, And and to add in, Emory,
1: uh, you got to consider who they're playing. They play against an Eli Manning who's turnover-prone. Kirk Cousins, who will come back to earth. And Tony Romo, who decides to give the ball away far too often, so that's a, that's a pretty good sleeping pick right there for a late round defense.
0: And, and as you make a good point, Chris, because you're in a turnover happy division. Kirk Cousins, I think had I don't know how many. I, I'm not big into almost intercepts, but I'm pretty sure teams dropped so many intercepts from Kirk Cousins uh, yep. last year. So. You know, you play the Eagles twice. I'm pretty sure they'll come away with some of those. Who you got, Chris, as a sleeper?
1: Okay, this is a position, and I actually won a league two years ago doing this. You know, it's wonderful to get the Cam Newton's and Drew Brees' and Aaron Rodgers. I like to go late with a quarterback because quarterbacks don't suffer the severe injuries that running backs and wide receivers do. That's why you want to get good ones early in a lot of them. So I'm going to go with Derek Carr as my sleeper, he's getting drafted in the 12th and 13th round a lot of drafts, folks. He's going to put up numbers this year. He's got Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. That might be the best one-two punch in the NFL in some respects. People sleep on the fact that Amari Cooper is in year two. He's turned the corner. Michael Crabtree, he was the best wide receiver in his draft class. He just had a mediocre quarterback play. Derek Carr's getting ready, third season. He's going to be the guy, and I think he's going to put up big numbers in a division that Yes, they have to face Kansas City. Yes, they have to face Denver. But guess what? I think that with the checkdowns, doing things the right way, and also the fact they seem not to want to run the ball anymore, he's going to put up fantasy numbers. Remember, this is fantasy football. You want guys putting up numbers.
0: And I agree with you with Derek Carr because I don't trust Latavius Murray. You know, I know he got 1,000 yards last year, but I just don't think I, – I look at his 1,000-yard season like I look at – Darren McFadden's thousand-yard season. I just think that's an anomaly. I don't. I don't see those guys doing it again. Um, and you know how they say it's a quarterback-driven league, so they're going to want to showcase their, you know, their new toy, um, and which is Derek Carr, and they want to, you know, continue to push that that Carr to Cooper, you know, Montana to Rice type relationship. Um, and also, they got a really good tight end in Clyde Walford that's going to get a lot more. Uh, looks as well so I, I agree with you they're going to open up the passing game and use their pass to set up the run so I, I agree with you with there on, on that front now before we move on to bust, you know we talk we each pick one safe pick but there's a bunch of safe picks I think in this in this year's fantasy football season you know when you look at the running back position and I'm a little biased but I do think probably another safe pick right after Adrian Peterson will be Ty Gurley because I can't trust Case Keenum. I can't trust uh, the young quarterback from Oregon State, Sean Mannion. And I definitely can't trust Jared Goff you know, to, to really help balance the field. So knowing Jeff Fisher and his affinity with running backs and running the football and trying to operate off play action, Gurley is going to probably get close to 1,600 yards this season. So I would say Gurley would be another uh, one of those guys that's a, that's a safe pick in a draft and also maybe a guy like Uh, Gronkowski obviously because you know here's a guy that is well on his way to 10,000 yards receiving for a career and probably close to 100 touchdowns so starting with you Chris who who would you say is who are some more safe picks for people out there in fantasy football
1: you know this is going to sound crazy and this guy has great value you have to look at when you're judging talent the style of offense they play in and I'm going to go ahead and pick this guy. I say you can get him in the fourth round. Uh, but he was a first-round top-five pick two years ago. That's DeMarco Murray. They're going to run the ball in Tennessee. Every down they're going to run the ball. <laughs> they just traded away their six foot five receiver so they could get alignment so they can run the ball even more. You want to go with that offense. So pick DeMarco Murray in the fourth round. Circle back in the sixth, uh, seventh or eighth round and pick uh, Derrick Henry. You want to go safe, you go with a safe offense, and you know Tennessee's gonna run the ball thirty-five to forty times every game.
0: Yeah, they're gonna put they're gonna put Marcus Marion on that seventeen to nineteen pass pitch count uh, with those who backs in the backfield. What about you, Tarah? Uh
3: so we're we're picking what we think is gonna be a bust on this one, call. No,
0: no, this is safe picks, like some more safe, safe, more pick. safe picks. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: So we're going, we're doing safe picks again. All right, another safe pick for me. I would have to, you know, I'm going to go back to the quarterback position, to be honest with you, and I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. And just because you know week in and week out, he's going to put up a whole lot of passing yards. You got Jordy Nelson coming back, so that's going to help them. And to me, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. So he's going to give you all the yards you want passing. He could rush for so I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, Aaron, and it's funny when you look at Aaron Rodgers, his stats just don't even make sense. You know, from I want to say like the last seven years, he hadn't thrown double-digit interceptions, not even over eight interceptions. So it's ridiculous how he is
1: able to produce
0: out there year in year out. Plus, Eddie Lacy, they say he lost weight. I don't, I, I don't see. It. I mean, he still looks. He went from
1: 280 to 265.
0: So I guess technically he, he, lost, he, he lost weight. But I just still see them being a passing offense, four wide receivers, sometimes empty, and just throwing the football all over Lambeau Field. What about you, Gene? Who's, an, who's another safe pick you think that's out there right now?
2: Well, I think a safe pick, and it's, it's, it's interesting because when you play fantasy, you have to not only think about players that are going to produce because the, the offense is good, but also players that are going to produce because your offense is terrible. So I mean, when you look at a safe pick that I think is going to be going to be out there, look at Atlanta Falcons and Devontae Freeman. I think he he is set in as the number one back, and I know they're going to try to get Tevin Coleman more carries. But when it becomes third down because they haven't done anything on first down and second down, Devontae Freeman's still going to be out there. He's a third down back, so he's not only giving you value as a runner, but value as a passer and and those guys are or i mean as a pass receiver and those guys are so so valuable in fantasy because if he has a, a game where he only rushes for 50 60 70 yards he may also add another 40 to another 40 to 50 yards receiving and now you're over 10 points in your league even if he doesn't get a touchdown and that at least keeps you alive in a week um when somebody else goes for you know goes off for of 30 points from one position so Devontae Freeman, I think, is a guy who's a self-safe pick and going to get you ten plus, you know, ten to fifteen plus points every week.
0: Yeah, because he's one of those guys that that doesn't leave the field. You know, you can keep him on the field, and they'll they will be stupid to try to find ways to get uh Tevin Cam- uh, Tevin Campbell Tevin Coleman.
1: Bout is useful.
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. as so- useful. You know, um, but wow. I agree with you guys on, on on those picks. Now, hey, can we
2: talk? Can we right. talk? <laughs> also, Tevin,
0: Tevin Campbell made more of an impact than Tevin Cole, but I'll tell you that.
1: Gene made another good point because, again, you're picking styles of offense with a with a running back. Atlanta wants to run the ball even though they have Julio, and they're still going to get Julio the ball. He's going to get 97% of their receptions.
0: He's still a safe pick but to me, too.
1: You want to go to offense that wants to run. They're gonna give Devontae Freeman his his opportunity, and he's gonna take advantage because he's a he's a good running back.
0: Yeah, he broke off Josh uh, Justin Gilbert this Ooh. past weekend, like made him look so foolish. Um, he got a- Justin Gilbert fired. Yeah. <laughs> he he got, got him fired. He's a cornerback, so I mean, yep. we're gonna give him a little bit of slack on that one. Now, some just before again before we move on the bus, there's a bunch of more sleepers out there, and we want to make sure we give our listeners some some good bang for their buck with these sleepers. I, I'll toss one out. Uh, I look at the Giants' defense being a, a big-time sleeper. You know, with the additions of uh, Olivier Vernon, Damon Harrison up, up front, um, they get Oa Odigazua back healthy, and he looks to be a guy that is able to get after the quarterback. They got more athletic at linebacker. Uh, Devin Kennard is is back at 100%. B.J. Goodson out of Clemson provides good coverage skills. And mm-hmm. in the secondary, they bring in Janoris Jenkins. I don't care how many times bites on pump fakes. You know, I don't I don't care. I like the fact that he catches interceptions. So you got him on one side, Dominic Rodgers from the other. They drafted Darian Thompson from Boise State who got who has good range and can play deep and got ball skills which allows Landon Collins to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and he does a great job in the short to intermediate area so I do think the Giants defense will be vastly improved this year. They'll be tough to run the ball against and with those two corners, being able to pick off passes and we can't undersell the fact that they got a guy like Eli Apple and Leon Hall to play inside. So their four cornerback um, depth chart is very impressive and these guys really can get after So I think the Giants defense would be a sleeper uh, just off the defense alone and their kicking game is great um, if you want to add special teams with it as well. Uh, and I think what we will see from the return game um, Bobby Rainey, if not Bobby Rainey then you look at Shane Vereen returning punts Um, And also Dwayne Harris is their kickoff returner. So the Giants defense and special teams, I think, will be big-time sleepers this year. Teron, I'll start with you. Who's another sleeper that you see out there for fantasy football?
3: Well, sleeper-wise, you know, I want to do something different again, and I am going to go with a kicker in Justin Tucker. And this is a guy that I saw for two years firsthand in Baltimore, and he will get you 50-plus yard field goals consistently. He's someone that when they are in that situation, the Ravens and John Harbaugh, they have no problem trotting him out there and letting him attempt long field goals. So, uh, I mean, I've seen him in practice hit field goals as long as 65, 67 yards. So he's someone that, that will always get you
2: those
3: get those opportunities. Ravens, the way they are on the offense, they're going to kick a lot of field goals, They Justin Tucker.
0: I mean, Chris, what you have for a sleeper?
1: You know, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going I'm to give you a, a quick breeze by, folks. A sleeper from each position, one sentence on why. Jameis Winston, year two in Dirt Cutter's offense. Look for him to also have rushing touchdowns from bootlegs, things like that. Running back position. You want to look at Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead consistently operates in the passing game as well as the rushing game, so he's a guy you can get in about the tenth round and really make an impact. And he can be a flex player for you. You want to look at the wide receiver position. I'm gonna with Sammy Coates. He's gonna take the position that Martavis Bryant had in that offense and be the explosive receiver, opposite of Antonio Brown's short, intermediate, and everything in the world since he's the best receiver in the game type deal. Tight end. Wanna we'll look at the tight end, a guy who's not getting as much burn, but let's look at the position, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is going to get a lot of targets this year because of the style of offense that Doug Peterson's looking to run. And also, when you want to look at defense, you want to look at a position where people are, it's, you have a return man and you also have a soft schedule. Now, this team doesn't have the best return man, but the schedule is very conducive to them early on. That's Baltimore. They have four club kicks early on, if I can say that. Baltimore is playing against the following teams to start. Buffalo's offense, Cleveland's offense, Jacksonville's offense. Then they finally have a good contest in Oakland. So you have the opportunity there where you can force a lot of turnovers. Teams are not used to playing with each other yet, especially in the Buffalo situation. And then with the kicker, you want a team that moves the ball to the 30 and they can't do anything. That's Denver. Denver's going to play good stout defense, so you want to go with Brandon McManus. He's going to kick you 47-yard field goals, probably three a game this year because Mark Sanchez is not throwing touchdowns.
0: And that was the team we were talking about beforehand where we talked about these guys going to have great defense, wasn't going to score a lot of points. It was the Denver Broncos. Um, Gene, what about you? Who's the sleeper out there for you?
2: I'll give you, I'll give you a couple quick sleepers as well. Um, not as many as Chris, you know, that my boy does his thing, but I'll give you a couple that I really, really like. Um, the number one is Kyle Rudolph. For some reason he's ranked as the 250 some odd ranked player in fantasy. And apparently they've never, they've never watched Teddy Bridgewater play football. Um, and, and how he is told to run an offense. He is told to run the offense to be more conservative. So when he's being told to run an offense, that's more conservative he's going to dump it down to a tight end that's going to be open and who's going to be a mismatch um in the red zone for any defense because he's 67 and he he's very athletic. So I look for Kyle Rudolph, you can probably get him quite honestly, you can probably get him in like the 12th, 13th round. I mean, if not not be drafted at all. Um so that's a guy who's definitely going to be a sleeper for you. Um on the same team by the way, Blair Walsh, um the the kicker for Minnesota is going to get a lot of opportunities because, again, when they get into red, when they get into the into the 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 money zone where they feel like they're in field goal range, their offense gets very conservative. And another kicker you're going to want to look at is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Roberto Aguayo. First off, everybody's going to be down on him because he's missed a few kicks in preseason. But you have to remember this dude was prolific in college. He's prolific in college for a reason because he's really good. The Buccaneers in the red zone. Really bad. So when you put a really bad red zone um, offense with a really good kicker, especially inside of 40 yards, you're going to get a lot of opportunities and he'll get a lot of opportunities to play another tight end. I like look out for Dwayne Allen. I've been on him for years um, as far as just a football player, but this year he's healthy. Um, His quarterback's healthy, Andrew Luck, and he's going to have an opportunity to be very, very special in that offense. Now that he's the man and he doesn't have to split time with Kobe Fleener, who I believe right now might be somebody I'm talking about a little bit later in this show.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you look at okay. you guys mentioned some some tight ends and, and defenses and stuff like that. But just I want to get this out there: Travis Kelsey is probably one of those guys that's a safe pick. He's not even a sleeper. Whitn I think would be a sleeper because of people think he's going to drop because of his age. But I don't know how this dude still gets open. You know, he could literally walk down the field, turn around, put his hand up, and he will still catch the football and will get about like eight touchdowns a year. He
1: just described it. Every every route he runs. That's he every walks. route he runs. That's
0: every, <laughs> route. Every, every route every route he runs.
1: Don't be surprised though. Don't
2: be don't be surprised. They have a couple other tight ends who they are actually getting the ball to more lately. I think Gavin Escobar takes another step this year. Don't be surprised if you see him start, you know, um, switching off with a couple of these other receivers. I mean, tight ends to take the, the receiving prowess off him and really let him focus on what he does really well, which is block.
0: And I also think, you know, as far as like... And, you know,
3: no,
2: we're ahead. kind of touching on the
3: tight ends. So I, I think a couple others, I mean, I, I know I gave a kicker, but a couple other guys that you have to mention, you know, you have to look at Gary Barnett. He's a guy that will get plenty of uh, touches in, in the offense with RG3. And I think a guy that just has been overlooked for a while now, and down in Tennessee, and, and that's Delaney Walker, man. Delaney Walker runs like a wide receiver. He's a former wide receiver from college, and he's a guy that they go deep to. You know, they like to to get Mariota on the move, and, and he'll run with him, you know, that post route, the drags, and all that, and he can catch the ball and get up field. So Delaney Walker's a guy that I think is, is not getting any love either as a tight end It has
0: to. And I would also imagine like you look at Dez Bryant. I mean, getting back Tony Romo is gonna help him out. He's gonna get back to producing big time numbers each and every game. So Bryant would be a safe pick or a sleeper if you want to call one. Odell Beckham, obviously. And I think these these defenses right here are just they're they're in a, a, a league of their own. Broncos, Seahawks, Cardinals, and Panthers. You know, the Panthers because they can score. You know, they score more points than anybody I've seen on defense in a while. Like that maybe other than that Bears defense that had Urlacher and, and Briggs and Tillman that year when he was running a pick or a fumble. 2006. Yeah, 2006, yeah. That when he was yeah. scoring touchdowns, so, and, and also with Hester. So I think those, defense, those defenses are Hall of Fame worthy. One more sleepy before we move on, Melvin Gordon. You know, I think he's going to have, behind that revamped offensive line, I like Melvin Gordon. Uh, I like those guys because you have, he has that one element of his game that you can't coach and that speed, you know, so when you look at his ability to, to rip off a long run, I think that gives him a chance to bounce back in, uh, as a second-year player in the backfield and have some success. I don't think I don't think their offensive line, and it's weird to say this, I don't think their offensive line is set up for pass protection like we've known it to be uh, during Phillip Rivers' time. I think they're going to try to lean on a ground game a little bit more so this year. So that may be – yeah, I know one of you guys mentioned Danny Woodhead, but I think Gordon is going to have a bounce-back year. Um, let's look at some busts. Now, these are guys, and this is fantasy football busts because we don't want the comments to get blown up. You know, oh, you get the busted. You know how people are with you know, these these internets, man. They, they go crazy. So, But these are players with high ADPs, but the production will mirror that of a later-round pick. So... Uh, with you. I want to go in. Yo, jump right in, Chris. Who, who's a bust that you want people to stay away from?
1: I will say this. On an actual football field, because on a practice field, he's mediocre at best. He's shown up, and I'm actually impressed with what the young man's done. But from a fantasy perspective, last year was an anomaly because their defense was horrible. This year, it's better. Do not draft Blake Bortles only. A lot of people are going sixth, seventh round on Blake Bortles. Damn. A lot of people are going to be very frustrated because they're going to run the ball more this year. He's going to play a safer game and their defense is going to be better. So he's not going to have these comebacks. Blake Bortles is the guy you want to stay away from unless you can get him in the 12th round because he's not going to have the same production as even Jameis Winston this year. Preach, brother. Preach,
2: brother. That was, that was definitely one of mine. And Emory, I know you're about to talk, but I'm going to jump in right now because I think, I think Blake Bortles was on the top of my list of, Whoa, man! Like, don't be, don't, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. His his thirty, his thirty plus touchdowns came because they were down in a lot of games, and he had to throw them back into games or try to throw to even be in the game. Their running games, I think, is going to be improved today. Not be, I mean, this year, not because of Chris Ivory, but because of that other monster that looks real, real good in the preseason so far. Don't worry, we'll get to him later. Um, but but also when you look at it. A lot of defenses are going to be focusing on making them run to beat them. Hey, we're not going to let you pass the ball all the time. So that's going to be a guy who's, who's going to be, hey, stay away from him unless you can get him late, late, late. Another guy I think that you might want to stay away from, though, if you go up to Seattle, a lot of people are on Thomas Rawls. I'm just not sold on Thomas Rawls. I don't believe that he, people believe that he gives you the same thing Marshawn Lynch gives you, but he doesn't. Marshawn Lynch did a lot of BYOB um, in Seattle and nobody talks about it. He brought his own block a lot. I I don't think Thomas Rawls has the ability to bring his own block. And I I do believe that now that um, Marshawn Lynch is gone, this team is totally and completely Russell Wilson's now. It's going to be a pass first run second type of offense. And because of that, you're going to see running back get diminished, and I think you'll also see a lot more running back by committee in Seattle this year than you saw before. So I know Thomas Rawls is ranked, you know, in the top 20, but don't look for Thomas Rawls to be your guy that's going to win you fantasy um, fantasy leagues this year unless you can get him somewhere in that, you know, if he falls and you can get him in that 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 that, that fifth to sixth round.
1: That I think that that's something to do. And Seattle doesn't trust it either. Fun fact, Seattle drafted C.J. sites in the third round, Alex Collins, who probably will be the future starter in the fifth round, and Zach Brooks out of Clemson in the seventh round. That's a lot of faith they have in Thomas Rawls.
0: And the dude they got out there right now in Tremaine Pope um, from Jacksonville State looks a hell of a lot better than than uh, some of the other guys that they tried to bring in. To and Michelle look good, too. Exactly. He, he looks a lot better this year. So that's like four or five backs they brought in, which doesn't speak well for, for Rawls. It speaks well for uh, Russell Wilson's fantasy value, but I'm with you guys on, on, on your bus picks. Who you have, Teron?
3: I'm actually going to go back to the quarterback position, and I'm going to pick Matt Ryan. And a lot of guys are going to pick him because, you know, he'll give you the four, the 5,000 yards passing. But the thing you really have to look at is the interception, 17 interceptions this past season, uh 14 I think it was the year before, and, and double-digit the year. It, it, it's proven that he's going to turn the football over. That's really my point. But then in addition to that, like you guys touched on earlier, they're going to focus more on running the football with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. So that's something to look at. I I just I, I don't look at him as a, a top five, a top ten type of quarterback. And a lot of the, Guys are going to draft him high just because of the passing yards.
0: And here's the thing. If we're going with quarterbacks, I, I, I give you three busts right here. Carson Palmer, I don't think he's going to put up these numbers that people are looking at. You know, he was nearly MVP worthy last year. I don't think that's going to happen this season. I think he comes back down to earth. Andy Dalton, he lost Jay Gruden. Then he loses Hugh Jackson. I think his numbers will dip a little bit. Um, he'll still be productive in real life, football-wise, but won't be fantasy-wise. And Ben Roethlisberger, you know, right now, they're a one-dimensional passing game, Antonio Brown. There's no Heath Miller. There's no I only catch deep balls, Artavis Bryant. There's, you know, uh, Sammy Coates is still unproven. Uh, who else drops drops passes out? Oh, Darius Haywood Bay. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, you know. I Watch your mouth, my boy. <laughs> but, hey, he's, he's gone for the year. So, hey. you know, I mean, they're, they're – they're going to be one dimension as far as where they're going to throw the football. Uh, so I don't think from a numbers wise perspective, Big Ben will put up that many numbers now.
1: From- and just to get it, get it rounded out for the quarterback bus. Since a retirement happened, this guy has virtually no value anymore. And that's Matthew Stafford because he <laughs> used to get bailed out by throwing Kelvin Johnson the ball on third down as far as he could. And Kelvin Johnson made him look like an all pro player. He won't have the same luxury. A lot of check downs. He's not gonna have fantasy value this year, folks. Sorry.
0: And, and listen, I, I hate to burst some bubbles out there, but people are gonna get real mad at me with this one. But I tell you right now, from the backfield perspective, stay away from Jeremy Langford, Latavius yep. Murray, Matt Jones, Chris Ivey. What they have in, in common? All crash test dummy running backs. Crash test yep. dummy running backs do not do well.
1: Can't see a hole. Can't find one. Can't slip into one. And, you know, Matt Jones,
3: he, he gets that little
2: <laughs> – he likes to cough that ball up. You know, he turns it over. <laughs> hey, Matt Jones is a Tampa boy, but I ain't drafted him in my fantasy unless it's late, late round. But I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one. And this one is a legitimate, like, bust alert. You know, I, I look at it. I look at who he is. And I know a lot of people are on him right now, but David Johnson is not that dude. Like people are looking at him and they're going, "Oh well, he's a top ten fantasy player." And I'm sitting here going, "Like, how did he become a top ten fantasy player off a season where he collected 500 yards from the from the backfield just because he caught a couple passes too? Like he had a couple he had a couple weeks." Where he blew up, he had a Bad couple luck. weeks where he blew up, but December his overall long. production, exactly, exactly, his overall production does not say top ten player. He is ranked in Fox, ESPN, and just name just name the people who put a lot of money in the fantasy football, and all of them have him ranked in the top ten. All and wonderful sites,
1: by the way. What's that? All wonderful sites, by the way. Wonderful sites. They, they
2: do a good job because they put a lot of money into fantasy and and we'll tell you and, and no one 's afraid to say it here like fantasy is fun for me and c j but it it is not like what we put our we, we put our reputation on we, we we talk about real football and real football wise David Johnson is going to be another back he 's going to be another back, which means that in fantasy. Exactly, which player. means in fantasy, he's going to be just another back. And so you don't take just another back with a top 10 pick. You take nope. a killer with a top 10 pick. If your guy's not getting you 1,500 yards in some capacity and double-digit touchdowns, you don't take him with a top 10 pick. So you he can't you be out ranked outside
1: outside. in a top 10. Yeah. I've been those every day, even on Mondays twice, over him in any league, no matter what form. If you're in a 12-team league, and you're desperate because you're like, oh, man,
2: I really need a running back. You know what you do? Just wait and take one of these sleeper running backs that we've talked about already that are going to drop because people are dumb and they don't know how to draft in fantasy. Like, don't reach for David Johnson. Please do not reach for David Johnson. You people that reach for David Johnson, I'm going to make fun of you later on if you reach for David Johnson and he has a bust year. Just saying.
0: Here's the thing, and, and, you know, and – A lot of people are valuing him high because of his his receiving skills. Now, with with that said, speaking of receivers, I would actually stay away from Jordy Nelson. Not everybody can be Adrian Peterson and come back, you know, 100% like nothing ever happened. So you don't know how he's going to respond from that knee injury. So I would stay away from him early on. You know, like mid-round, yeah, take Jordy Nelson. But early on, like some people are talking like, oh, you got to get Jordy Nelson, he's back. Nah, I would shy away from him. Uh, right now. I would also shy away from Brandon Marshall. If you want to shy away from those two guys later on, I would even take Tyler Boyd as a sleeper over those two because Boyd is going to eat like a a fat kid on Thanksgiving because he's going to get that off coverage from what's happening on the other side from A.J. Green, and he's a prolific wide receiver in his own right, and he's going to have a lot of success. So that's a sleeper for you right there, but I would stay away from Jordy Nelson and Brandon Marshall. I would also even stay away early from the Marius Thomas. So
1: plus, brand, Brandon LaFella self-check. So he he already slipped down a fifth on the depth chart. (laughs) Just some (laughs) self-check. (laughs)
0: Self-check. What about you to I'll start with you. Who's some other bust out there that you want people to stay away from?
3: Well, uh, man, I mean, there, there's a lot of them. I, I probably go back to the, to the running back position, to be honest with you. And I, I think that Carlos Hyde is a guy that people are going to pick because they feel that he is a fit for that offense. You know, with Chip Kelly out there in San Francisco, and I just man, I would not touch any players on the 49ers offense. Chip Kelly's scheme is so basic, is elementary, and a lot of times, you know, opposing defenses know what's coming. So I just, I would go Carlos Hyde.
1: Yeah, I think Dean has something to say.
0: No, I, I mean I, I look at I just look at overall guys that availability availability is key for me. So, right off the bat, I wouldn't take Antonio Gates high. I wouldn't take Tyler Eifert high. Or and you guys mentioned earlier, uh, Jamal Charles. Those are you know because availability is key. You got to be healthy. I need to be able to count on you if we're talking fantasy uh, purposes and those guys. While very good players, great players in fact, are just not healthy enough to where you can say. I can depend on him week in, week out to take them high. So I think those are bust players. I would even think a guy like Greg Olson would be a bust when you have a guy like Kelvin Benjamin coming back, Devin Funches. So you know you have the two receivers they're going to balance the field, and Olson will still get his, but he won't put up those numbers like he did last season because Benjamin is back, and now that pushes Olson down maybe to that number pseudo two three type role. Uh, Funches is a bust the cool. bubble
1: real quick. Can we bust a bubble real quick and get this over with? Because this guy's ADP is 6th to 7th round. He shouldn't be selected to the 14th round. And it's not because he's a bad wide receiver. It's because last year was an anomaly, and this year their receiving core is stronger. That's Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin blew up for four weeks. The number one wide receiver will be Tyler Lockett in that offense. The number one target guy in the red zone will be Jimmy Graham once he's fully healthy. You don't just grow to be 6'7", 6'8", 270, and a beast who catches jump balls. You can't just grow those guys on trees. So Doug Baldwin blew up for four weeks because Russell Wilson's an excellent quarterback. It's not going to happen this year. So if you're drafting him high, you're going to be very disappointed. If you can get Doug Baldwin in the 12th round, yes. But 5th, 6th, 7th, stop it. Just don't do it to yourself. You'll be very disappointed.
2: I'd also like to say like, and this is, this is not necessarily a bust, but I was thinking about it because a lot of people have been dropping him because of his situation. Don't be afraid to draft Le'Veon Bell high. And this is where I, this is why I'm going to say, no, this is why I'm going to say, don't be afraid. Because if you understand how to draft, you can get a guy that can be a stopgap for three weeks Before he gets back to being Le'Veon Bell, he's going to get targets out of the backfield because Antonio Brown's their only true weapon, at wide receiver. He's going to get touches at running back because he's a monster. So if you're you're dropping him, and I know a lot of people have had drafts already, and I, I don't understand why you draft before week three of the preseason. That makes no sense to me. But okay, do you, Boo Boo. I'm saying... When you look at Le'Veon Bell and the production that he can have without those three games, three games will not kick you out of a season. You can go 0-3 out the gate and still make the playoffs. Le'Veon Bell is there. Ben Roethlisberger missed four games last year. He missed four games last year, and he still put up great fantasy numbers. So if Ben Roethlisberger can miss four games and still put up great fantasy numbers, Le'Veon Bell can come in, so don't let somebody steal him from your league in in the in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round because you kept dropping him like Adrian Peterson did that one year when he came off an injury and everybody dropped him in the league, and then all of a sudden he went for damn it, you know, he went for he went for the ridiculous two thousand they went for. Get Le'Veon Bell early, tuck him away, then get D'Angelo De- Williams a little bit later on as your, as your um, doppelganger, and keep that thing moving.
0: I, I feel the same way about Tom Brady. I would still take Tom Brady high because I know at the end of the day when uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is done with handoff duty, Brady will come back and he will pick up right where he left off, and he going to find the end zone. They will feature Tom Brady and try to throw the football 40 times a game, and Tom Brady is one of those guys that is not – as opposed to a guy like Drew Brees – where you're, you're worried about him throwing 40 times a game because that's when he starts to turn the ball over, but Brady doesn't turn the ball over, and I think he's going to pick up right where he's left off. Even missing four games, I do believe Brady will still end up with 30 touchdown passes, so I, wouldn't, I would still take him high um, despite the four-game suspension, and you get one of those stopgap guys like an RG3 or even a Kirk Cousins uh, for those first three games. Um,
3: Just just to chime in to back up what he was saying about Bell, uh, one of the things you could do if you take him early, you come back later and you grab Ryan Matthews. And obviously he has the injury history that he has, but the Eagles will be focused on running the football. They're going to look to establish the run. And if you could grab Matthews for those first three games and get some production out of him before he gets hurt, because we know it's going to happen, now you done made up for... The loss
2: of Le'Veon Bell in the beginning of
0: the season. That's
2: a good. Point. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy that we already know who's going to get hurt? Like, it, it's there's just been a track record enough to go, okay, he's going to get hurt. It's just a matter of time. Tony Romo. <laughs> right. Tony
1: Romo. Tony
2: Romo. He's going to miss a game. Now, so let's,
1: let's give the fans the thing they've been looking for because they want this in the late rounds. You know, the breakout players, and
0: well, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you look at the players, these are guys that probably don't have draftable grades but should be scooped up in the later rounds. And, listen, I'll give you – let's just let's do, do it this way because we tend to – like, we have shown the propensity to, to veer off anyway in this direction. So, let's go by position. Quarterback, <laughs> running back, receiver, tight end, defense, uh, breakout players. So, I'll, I'll start it off with the quarterback, breakout players, fantasy-wise. Jameis Winston, I think, will put up some big numbers. Tyrod Taylor will also put up big numbers. Those are the two uh, breakout players for as Quarterbacks are concerned. So, Gene, since you chimed in, who who are some of the breakout players at the quarterback position?
2: Well, I mean, if you're going to take all the ones that I was going to say, I'll go RG3. And and he's going to have a breakout year because he's with one of the best um, offensive minds in the game. He's got something to prove. And there's going to be another quarterback on the Browns who's going to have a breakout year. He's just going to have it at wide receiver, apparently, because he likes to go deep. And since he runs like a 4 nobody can nobody can stay with him anyway, Terrell Pryor. So I think that RG3 Terrell Pryor um, you know, hookup is going to be real, real juicy. So you can see both of those dudes have breakout years as a wide receiver and as a quarterback.
0: Go to Ryan. Breakout at quarterback.
2: You know, I'm going
3: to break out at quarterback. I'm going to go with, with Teddy Bridgewater. And, I mean, obviously he's not a guy, you know, 300 yards passing every single week. But he's going to consistently get you a touchdown or two. In addition to that, you look at, I think the Vikings, I mean, they're going to take deep shots. Anytime you have a guy like Stefan Diggs on your roster, you're going to take shots deep. And they show the ability to connect on deep passes. Then you, you look at Laquan Trejo coming to the mix. Defenses of Peterson, we talked about that earlier. So I think Teddy B could be the guy that could give you a, a, a good amount of uh, touchdowns, You know, give you a decent passing yards as well as he's not going to turn the football over.
1: What about you, Chris? So I'm going to give you a guy that's pretty interesting. Because I think that he's going to – they've quietly, without trying, built his college offense without knowing it. And that's Marcus Mariota. Heavy run game, a lot of read option, short passes, accurate passes. He'll be the guy who gets you one to two touchdown passes each week and every other week one rushing touchdown. So in standard leagues, he'll eat it up. And you can get him in the 15th or 16th round as your backup quarterback. He'll have good matchups throughout the season because of the schedule. Marcus Mariota is a guy you want to pick up in that later round to back up the Tom Brady's of the world or the Drew Brees of the world.
0: And I, I look at the the backfield for for guys that's going to break out this year. Moving on to the running backs, Duke Johnson because I think when you look at Hugh Jackson, he probably sees a lot of Gio Bernard and Duke Johnson, so he's going to get the fair share. I think he's the best back on that team, and he's going to get the bulk of the touches and carries. Kenneth Dixon out in Baltimore. I just think at some point he's going to take over that starting job because he just has too much explosiveness and too much value as a receiver as well. We talked about Derrick Henry. He's another guy that I would think you look at to say, you know what, well, because they're going to run the ball a lot, take Derrick Henry as well. I think he's going to have a breakout year. He's going to have that, that situation where he's going to have probably 500 or so yards with like 10 rushing touchdowns. So I would say those are my backs. So, uh, Chris, backfield. Sleep uh, breakout
1: players. was really interesting. Again, I look at the offense and also what's available. The Giants had a just a putrid running back core last year. It was it was horrific. So this guy, a rookie, Paul Perkins, can actually be the breakout. Yeah, Rashad Jennings is getting all the buzz as the starter, but by midseason they'll see that Rashad Jennings is possibly the st- the slowest starting running back in the NFL. Paul Perkins might be that breakout guy for you, someone to help out. DeAndre Washington out of Texas Tech who's now in Oakland. Again, Latavius Murray is not their guy. They've made it obvious that they don't want him to be the starter. They're just waiting for Washington to actually break out and be the guy, and I think by midseason, he will prove his worth. And my third guy is actually, and Teron's going to like this, yeah, Ryan Matthews is going to get the carries early, but he gets injured, Wendell Smallwood. That's a guy who later on, if you pick him in a late round, by week like, let's say, 10 or 11, when you're getting that playoff push, all of a sudden, Smallwood's your guy. He's getting three down carries where he's getting the ball and also receiving out of the backfield. So look for Wendell Smallwood to be a guy late in the season to give you some value.
0: To Ron, who, you? Ron, who you? Well, as, well, far, I mean, as far as, 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 as
3: breakout, breakout players, players I'm going to go with a guy. I mean, he's going to get drafted higher, but I think Lamar Miller down in Houston is going to have a, a breakout season. Because he's gonna get the carries that he needs to get in order to get yards. I mean, he averaged four point five yards a carry last year. And you just look at the explosiveness that that he brings to the table. Uh, I think he, he's gonna have a, a breakout season in Houston, you know, getting more and more carries. The Dolphins, they didn't allow him to get into a rhythm at all last year. I mean, there were times where he, he had single digit carries. So I mean, how are you gonna be productive as a back when you're only getting nine to ten carries a game? When he did get a good amount of carries, he had decent yards. You look at the game against Houston, I believe it was 175 yards rushing he had. He had maybe uh, 16 carries or something like that. So he's able to run with the football. You just got to give him more touches, and that's what's
0: going to happen to Houston. What about you, Gene?
2: Well, I look down in Jacksonville. You know, they brought in Chris Ivory to bring more toughness, but as we've already discussed chris ivory is a crash test dummy and um they're going to get tired of the three yards in the cloud of dust running that he does um tj Yoden is a guy who i was high on out of out of college who i thought had a better season as a rookie than most people believed he did and now as a, a second year guy you've actually seen he has hands he can catch the ball so he brings you more value out the backfield he's been getting more third down catches I mean third, door, third third down snaps this year um then Chris Ivory has he's been he's been probably sharing those 50-50 with DeNard Robinson um who I think is still a guy who's intriguing as a fantasy guy but I think that if you're looking for somebody to break out TJ Yeldon um not having to face eight man boxes anymore because you actually have to respect the passing game of um, uh, of Jacksonville will will allow him to to flourish and be the running back that I believe he can be.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Chris Ivory before he leaves the house every day probably just grabs a fistful of aspirin and just eat him like M before he walk out because who just he hadn't seen a wall that he didn't like. He will run into the wall. He will run into the back alignment, all that stuff like that. So, uh, moving on to the receiver position, I actually will stay in Jacksonville, Gene, and I think. Marquise Lee will have a breakout year. So I, I look at him, I see teams will try to figure out ways to take away the top two options. Marquise Lee is healthy, number one, you know, and Finally. I think he'll have a breakout year. I also like Andrew Hawkins of the Cleveland Browns um, and Victor Cruz. You know, I've been ai I want to say, nine Giants uh, training camp practices, and, and Cruz looks not like the Victor Cruz that we saw earlier in his career, but he looks like a solid number three option which will then open up opportunity for Sterling Shepard to have uh, an outstanding rookie season. But I do think Cruz will be a valuable receiver that will get you about 800 yards receiving and maybe seven to eight touchdowns. So I do think Marquise Lee, Hawkins of Cleveland, and, and Victor Cruz, and also uh, Jalen Strong. I think Strong is going to have a, a nice breakout year for the Texans. So swinging back around to Eugene, who some of your breakout wide receivers?
2: Well, I talked about him earlier, but I mean, uh, it's, a, it's apparent that defensive backs don't really know what to do with Terrell Pryor at wide receiver. Um, as much as I hate the fact that he is playing wide receiver, I cannot, I can't deny his athletic ability and the fact that Robert Griffin has made it a point to get him the ball. I mean, he's, they have both linked up on big catches and in the wide receiver game, that's what it's all about in fantasy if you can get a wide receiver to get you one big catch for a touchdown and then pepper in another three to four catches of, you know, six to 12 yards, you've got a good day in fantasy. So I think he's a guy who, who can be a sleeper for you. Um, Marvin Jones, um, not a sleeper, but a breakout guy, but Marvin Jones is going to get Calvin Johnson light receptions in Detroit. And it's not because he necessarily deserves Calvin Johnson-like receptions. It's because his quarterback is so basic that instead of saying, man, I have three to four receivers I can throw it to, he simply just turned Marvin Jones into Calvin Johnson. He stares him down. He looks at him. He throws him the ball every time. He, he is the most targeted wide receiver in the preseason. And he's only playing like a, a quarter and a half so far. So I see him having a breakout year, 100 hundred receptions, you know, 1,400 yards, double-digit touchdowns. He's going to have a big year in Detroit because they're not going to be good, and Detroit's going to throw the ball a lot.
0: What about you, Tyron?
3: Breakout-wise, you know, I, I got to go back to um, CJ. about him earlier, man. Tyler Lockett, I think, is going to break out. I mean, He's a guy, I remember at the senior bowl, watching him just freak the DBs in, in one-on-ones. Uh, I remember they, they were doing one-on-one in the red zone. And uh, you remember I turned to you after this one. What, he, what he made, I forget who it was, but he turned him completely around on a slant. You know, he gave him that move inside, brought it back out, then brought it back inside, and he turned him around. So my thing is, you look at what, well, the skills uh, they like to get Russell Wilson on the move. We know that. And Russell, Russell Wilson is probably the best quarterback in the NFL when it comes to making something happen on the move. So a lot of times when your quarterback is on the move as a receiver, what do you have to do? You have to move with the, the quarterback. And there were multiple times where Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson hooked up on those type of plays. And then not to mention his ability to play the slot or outside. He's a lot like Antonio Brown to me as far as just the ability to excel at both spots. And as a little guy, you can line him up outside the numbers. He's going to be able to get open for you. So I I think Tyler Lockett is definitely a breakout candidate. And then uh, another just to throw a rookie out there that I think is going to play really well, and that's Taze Sharp, the guy with little hands. You you remember, during East-West Shrine, everybody was saying, oh, his hands are little, so that means he's going to play in the Super Well, I, I tell you what. His hands didn't just all of a sudden get little. The guy caught footballs with these little hands. He caught over 100 at at UMass. So he knows how to catch the football. You see the trade that happened. Daryl Green Beckham is now with the Philadelphia Eagles. And a major part of that was the development of Tyzai Shaw. He just had a really good game uh, this this past week. And he's going to be a possession guy. You know, you can count on him. I think he's going to have 70 to 80 catches. I wouldn't be shocked if he approaches 900 yards and has five or six touchdowns. And that's out of a fifth round pick. You couldn't ask for more.
0: That's a good, that's a good point right there too, about stupid small hands. You just watch this man catch a hundred passes at UMass. and you talk about his hands small, like people out you know what? That's why people tune into football game plans, fantasy football, start lineup and also football game plans, draft coverage. And,
2: Shout-out to UMass, by the way. Shout-out to UMass for throwing these wide receivers with little hands out there that's killing people. And shout-out to my boy, Victor Cruz. I coached him when he was at British Academy. He was a dog then. I told every big school in America about him, that you need to come get this dude. He's a dog. And everybody was like, oh, he's too small. Guess what? You missed. He's in the NFL. He's killing it.
0: People, st- people have always been stupid. So, Chris, breakout wide receiver candidates.
1: I have two guys that you can probably get in either the 10th, 11th round. One guy, it's they drafted him for a reason. The analytics held up, and I think that he's going to have a breakout season, especially earlier, and that's Corey Coleman. It's going to work out for him. He's going to establish a relationship with RG3, whether it's short passes or long passes. You don't luck into 16 touchdowns through six freaking weeks of college football like he did at Baylor. Like that's, you don't look into that. And then the other guy is a guy who is forgotten about, but his talent speaks for itself. No, he's not the best hands catcher, but he has blazing speed and he's got big game ability. And that's Kevin White in Chicago. They're going to have to throw the ball to someone. Alshon Jeffrey's going to get double team. Jeremy Langford's going to triple his own feet in the backfield. So they got to throw the ball to someone. They're going to throw the ball to Kevin White. So those are two guys you can get in those double digit rounds and they'll have some good wide receiver two to three production for you during the season.
0: That's some good picks right there, especially Chicago. I, I think Jeremy Langford broke one run, and everybody was like, oh, my God, they got to the, they, they get rid of Forte. They got their next great back, and Jeremy Langford, like, yeah, man, whatever, you know, so don't believe Here, the
1: hype. Jeremy Langford averaged 2.9 yards a carry. <laughs> I'll repeat, if you take out, he had two long runs. This is, this is not like me making this up. Two long runs. One was on Monday Night Football. You take those out, he averaged 2.9 yards a carry. That is, that is Mario Bates status. That is awful. <laughs> if you guys don't
2: know- hey, yo, E, let me, throw it, let me throw another one out there before you get out of here. Um, I didn't mention it. we were talking about running backs because I wanted to talk about the guy I wanted to talk about. But Charles Sims down in Tampa Bay. Do not be surprised if Doug Martin takes a step back because he's never had two good seasons in a row. He's never been able to stay healthy for two seasons in a row, and he's coming off the most carries he's had in his career. Look for Charles Sims, who is still the third down back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to have value as a 40 to 50, 60 yards um, a, a game running, running back, and then another 60-plus in the passing game, and, and maybe even approaching 10 touchdowns this year.
1: Um, I won't be surprised. And sticking with Tampa, if you want a tight end late, because I go tight end late a lot, 14th round, Cameron Bray. um, He's going to catch five passes every game. He's going to score one touchdown every third game. That's what you want out of a tight end, unless his name's Robert Gronkowski or Jordan Asj ASJ's going to catch a lot, too.
0: Uh, Speaking of tight ends, I think some guys are going to have breakout years. I think uh, Jimmy Graham out in Seattle, Eric Ebron out in Detroit, Zach Ertz out in Philadelphia, I think those guys are prime. Uh, because of their passing situations, I do think Jimmy Graham would be healthier and, and be more of a red zone target this year. Uh, Ebron, because there's no Calvin Johnson, and, and uh, Matthew Stafford needs someone tall to throw the football to, so I think Ebron will be the number beneficiary of that. And you also look at Zach Ertz out in Philadelphia. They, I think the tight end position is, is better than the receiving position. I like Matthews, and I like Huff. And I even like Aguilar as a slot guy, but I just love their tight ends. You know, with Ertz and and Uh, Bellick. and and Trey Burton. So I think Ertz will, have a, will big will have a, a breakout year uh, from a fantasy perspective. I think he'll go over a thousand yards. So um, I'll talk since I've mentioned Ertz, Philly Eagles. We have a Philly Eagles beat writer on the line right now with Teron Davenport. So who are some of the breakout tight ends that you're looking at? Um,
3: I'm just going to piggyback on what you said with, with Ertz, obviously. But, you, you know, it seems like he's due for a breakout season every year. But when you look at Trey Burton, this is a guy, and I told him and told him this, I told him he reminds me of Aaron Hernandez. And they're using him the exact same way the Patriots used Aaron Hernandez, whereas they lined him up in the backfield. They let him catch all that way. They used him, uh, you know, what. Flex in the slot, they line them up out wide in red zone, and they're doing all of that. And he's developing a really good chemistry with Sam Bradford. There were some practices where this guy caught literally ten to fifteen footballs. So he's someone I would definitely put as as a breakout guy at tight end. But I'm going to go to the West Coast. I'm going to go to a guy that impressed me a lot at the Senior Bowl a couple years ago, and that's Clyde Walford. And I remember watching him one on ones. And just in, in red zone, 7-on-7, uh, seven seven, everything. This guy was unstoppable in, in the red zone. They could not do anything with him. And you look at that offense out there. We mentioned Crabtree. We mentioned Amari Cooper. Both very solid uh, options in the game that's going to really warrant a lot of concern from defenses. But now you're going to have Clyde Walford able to you know, play for a full season and, and get a chance to break out. And I think that he's going to be a guy to watch as
2: well. What about you, Gene? Well, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at tight ends and to me a guy that besides Dwayne Allen, because I talked about him earlier, I really think he's gonna have a, a great year in Indianapolis. I, I look for I look for a guy like um Hunter Henry to have a breakout year as as a tight end um up in San Diego, especially since he's going to get a lot of targets early on um, from the old man up there, um, Antonio Gates. Um, so I look at Hunter Henry as as the clear heir apparent, since the Darius Green decided to chase the money and go to and go to Pittsburgh. Um, Hunter Henry is a guy they're going to need to be um a, a really valuable pass catcher for them. And since they need him to be, they're going to force him the ball. I think that'll be good for fantasy owners with Hunter Henry, but they're one year too. They're one year too early because college football is full of great
1: tight ends right now.
0: What about
1: you? CJ? Oh, tight ends. One I mentioned earlier was Cameron Brady, but I'm actually going to mention this guy as well. Uh, mainly because he's going to be the guy who's going to be open in check Kelly's offense. And that's Vance McDonald. Um, uh, If you're going to have a quarterback that can't really get the ball to the outside and a running back that can't stay healthy, the guy that's going to benefit is a tight end. When you have a guy like Blaine Gabbert who can't throw the ball to the outside, what's going to happen? He's going to hit the check down. He's going to hit the tight end. So Vance McDonald can have 80 or 90 receptions this year, 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns, that's a guy you can probably get in later rounds as well that'll be beneficial. And, you
3: know, the thing with Vance McDonald also – Coming out of Rice, he, he got a lot of opportunities to catch the football in college, but he, he was a slow starter, man. I remember him first coming to the league. He had an issue with catching the football, and that's something that he's improved on over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, and when we look at defenses, you know, I just think the Saints' defense is, is being underrated. I think they're going to have a breakout year uh, based off um, you, you get P.J. Williams out there now at corner. I like their defensive line. I think they'll be very good versus the run, um, and they'll be more of a, a pocket-collapsing sack defense as opposed to just a guy that's a true pass rusher. But I do think overall their defense will be uh, a lot better than what we saw last year. So quickly, break breakout defenses, starting with you, Toronto, since you just finished up.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go back to the Eagles. I mentioned them earlier as, as a sleeper, and I just, I mean, I see a lot of sacks coming. I see the interceptions gonna, are going to be there. So I, I would say the Eagles' defense.
1: Chris? That's a great question. Here's the main thing I want you to do with your defenses, folks. Yeah. Fantasy football is all about winning each week to set yourself up to be in the playoffs. That's what it is. So the one thing you want to do over anything is look at teams that have a great first four matchups. And that's why I like the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they gave up a lot of touchdowns last year, but I think they're also in a bad situation. Their first four games are games against offenses that aren't that great. Their fourth game is against Oakland, which is a pretty solid offense, but the Buffaloes of the world, the Cleveland's of the world, teams that need to establish what they are and won't put up huge numbers like let's say Green Bay or New England, those are what you want. So I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens as a sleeper defense.
0: What about you? I like
3: that pick, too, because they're going to have a a pass rush this year. That's not something they had last year. And then you look at the further development of Z'Darrius Smith. You know, So I think that's a good pick, CJ.
1: Thank you.
2: What you got, Gene? I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I'm not going to act like You know, I'm not a homer on this one, but I really do like what they've done in the defensive backfield, adding um, Vernon Hargraves and um, adding Miko Grimes' husband. (laughs) I think that when you add both of those people to the equation, you know, Hargraves, Miko Grimes' husband, you're able to put Hargraves in the slot as a nickel guy to start off. You don't have to rush him in. You're actually making Alton Verner play, better because he feels the pressure of Hargraves trying to come take his spot. I think they have two of the more dynamic linebackers in the league. And then you add in this pass rush that they've decided that we're really going to just, we don't care what size he is. We're going to get guys who rush the passer. And for the first time, the interior of the Buccaneers defense has, they have two guys that are twitchy on the outside that get around and make a, lot of, make a lot of plays, cause a lot of disruption in the pass game and in, in the, the, the young dude on Spencer and, and Jaquise Smith. So I think you're going to see a lot of production from that defense. Um, and if Bernard Reedy, check out Bernard Reedy, if Bernard Reedy is able to make this team as a punt returner, he is going to be dynamic because he actually plays fast. When, he, when he's running, when you see him moving, he's moving at a different speed than the other supposed fast guys they have. And I think that that's going to help their special teams as well. And as we know, special teams is a big part of defense.
0: And, and I'll give you one more breakout just, just to top it off is the Redskins' defense. I think by far uh, their front seven is going to be outstanding with Preston Smith, Ryan Kerrigan. Um, you look at Sewell Craven is going to play a, a hybrid linebacker safety role. You also toss in Josh Norman. Now that they're moving, D'Angelo Hall a free safety with Brashaw Breeland that corner. So I think their defense will be outstanding. They're going to get their hands on a lot of passes uh, back there and also going to get a lot of sacks. They had 38 last year. I think that number is going to get up to 50 in 2016. So we've given you all the sleepers, the safe picks, the bust, the breakout guys, and, and we're going to move past uh, you know, section uh, another segment we're going to talk about. We will save that for another show. But right now we're going to do a little mock draft, um, and we're going to break it down by just you know five segments. Like your your first pick, an early pick which will be between rounds two and three, uh, your middle pick between rounds five and eight, your late pick between rounds nine and eleven, and the twelfth pick which is your final pick. So um, let's start with you, Chris. Your first pick. Who who are three guys that you want um, people to say, like, okay, you can go with these three players as your first pick?
1: So I'm going to look at these three situations, and I'm, I, I think in a lot of respects, they're even, even though some people say they're not. And, yes, I'm going with the wide receivers. I'm going with, in reverse order on purpose, Julio Jones, who caught 136 balls last year, Odell Beckham Jr., who is – through the first 20, what is it, 27 games of his career, he has the best receiving numbers ever uh, from a fantasy perspective. And Antonio Brown, who apparently is just a Madden cheat code in real life. You can't go wrong with these guys. I don't care who they have throwing the ball. They have the versatility to go short, go long. And Antonio Brown also punt returns for some apparent, like ridiculous reasons. So that's even an extra bonus. Those three guys, if you're you're able to get your hands on any of those three guys, barring like a ridiculous injury, you'll be safe. You can play them every week no matter what the matchup is. Those are the guys you want to target no matter what. Antonio Brown's obviously on the top, then Odell Beckham, and then Julio Jones because he has the worst quarterback situation.
0: Now That's a, that's a strong three right there. I'll give you my three before we move on to the other guys. I look at Russell Wilson because he handles the football every play. I also look at... Uh, adrian peterson because he's adrian peterson in that offense with north turner he's going to get the bulk of the carries and i also look at a guy like cam newton because simply cam newton is like russell wilson in the sense that they handle the football every play and they're guys that can do damage on the ground and with their their arms so i think that ability plus they get you a lot of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns so those are my three Tyrone, who is your three guys that you would say are first pick first overall type picks in fantasy football
3: Well, I'm going to go with three guys, and each of them are a different position. Adrian Peterson, obviously, at running back, you have to go with him because he is a guy that you know is going to get the touches. You know he's going to score the football for you. He'll give you the long runs as well. They stack the box on short yardage situations. And what happens? He breaks off a 60-yard run, and you get extra points for that. So you have to mention Adrian Peterson. Cam Newton is another guy I think that he'll benefit from not having just Greg Olson. So many people – Overlook what he did last season with what he had. Everybody's always so quick to say, Oh, Tom Brady did this, this, and this with David Gibbons and, and these other guys. Well, look at what he had. He had a tight end. Also, he had Ted Ginn, Philly Brown, Jericho Cottry, And look at what he did. Now you're going to have uh, Calvin Benjamin coming back. So you're going to see his numbers are going to Improve And just another year in the league, you know, it's going to help him. So, Cam Newton is a guy you have to mention. Also, look at the way he's going to score the football rushing. So, he he's someone. But I got to go back to Antonio Brown, though. I mean, you look, last year, 1,800 yards. You run really, 1,800 yards this guy had. And he didn't have Roethlisberger for, what, two or three games. Think about that. Then the year before, 1,600 yards. You talk about consistency; it doesn't get any more consistent than Antonio Brown. So, like C.J. Called him, a, a real-life cheat code in Madden. I mean, he's he's unstoppable.
2: Eugene, what you have? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit with with you guys, and then maybe a little bit away. Um, Cam Newton, I think, is a guy, and I'll and I'll preface this by this: I'll give you three first-round picks depending upon where you have a pick at. If you have the end of the round, take Cam Newton. It's a great it's a great pick. Because at the end of the round, the top whomevers have already gone and there's no big difference between the second and third guy and a lot of those. But there is a big difference in the production you get from a quarterback. And you cannot ignore what Cam Newton gives you on a week in, week out basis in the run game. If that's an extra thirty to 50 yards rushing, if that's a rushing touchdown, you just can't replace that type of production, especially in the years when he gets double-digit rushes. I mean, double-digit rushing touchdowns, that's just ridiculous. If you have the number one or the number three pick and you can get Antonio Brown, you're stupid not to take him. I mean, Antonio Brown, at the, way in which, the way in which Pittsburgh uses him, because they don't just line him up in one spot, it's impossible for them to double, double team Antonio Brown because you have to know where he's lining up pre-snap and have a defense designed to be able to stop him. That's why he's able to be so productive because they can't keep, they can't keep a bead on him. And like CJ said, he also gives you that added value being a punt returner. Although he would never return punch for me, he's too valuable as a wide receiver. Um, if you're in the middle of the rounds now, You can get Adrian Peterson in the middle of the first round. I don't know why you can, but you can because everybody wants to get a receiver. And so if you can get um, Adrian Peterson in the middle of the round, take him. He's going to get your 1,400 yards. He's going to get your double-digit rushes. And they keep trying to add him a little bit more into the pass game, even though that's not his forte. You might see him catch a little bit more passes this year.
0: I would look at the early picks. That's your second through fourth rounds. I would go Tyler Boyd because I think he's going to see a lot of targets opposite of A.J. Green. Ezekiel Elliott because I think he's going to get at least 1,400 yards on the ground uh, for Dallas as a rookie. And Tom Brady. I'm still high on Tom Brady because I think he can step in cold and go off. You know, Four to sometimes five touchdowns a game. And I think Boyd, Elliott, and Brady are guys I would target with those early picks. That's your second to fourth round type picks. Chris, what you got?
1: You know, I am not go with consistency over anything else. Again, I'm going to advise everyone out there, when you look at fantasy football, you also put a football self-element on as we do at Football Game Plan. What does DeMarco Murray do well? Runs the ball. What are you asking to do? Run straight, really aggressively. What is Tennessee asking him to do that exact thing? Philly didn't do that because chip Kelly decided to try to make him Darren Sproles take DeMarco Murray in that third, fourth round range, because two years ago, he was the best running back in football period. So what's the value loss there? So that's what I would do if I were picking someone in that third round, fourth round range. Also, what you want to do is go with consistency over anything else. Sammy, Sammy Watkins has not been consistent because of injury. But do you understand what Sammy Watkins is? He was the only receiver valued better than Odell Beckham. It's just that his injuries and also mediocre quarterback play his first year held him down. You can get Sammy Watkins in the fourth round, you're going to win your league, likely, because he's going to have 1,200 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns. And also what you want to do is go with, if you can, one of the following two quarterbacks, because three, actually, quarterbacks. Emory mentioned one earlier, Russell Wilson, he runs and passes the ball. He's efficient. He's Aaron Rodgers on steroids. Aaron Rodgers, because he's still that guy, because his consistency has been great. And Cam Newton, because he's not a real player. He is what you create on John Madden football. So those are the guys who want to go to a quarterback early. Any other quarterback you can get in a later round.
0: Ryan, you up? What you got with this middle round? Uh, these middle round, these early picks. I'm sorry, second to fourth round.
3: Yeah, me personally, when I'm looking at guys in the second to fourth round, I'm always thinking of someone that could be coming from an injury or someone that you know has a really good chemistry with their quarterback. And for that reason, I look at at the receiver position. I like the relationship of Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen. He's coming back from an injury. He's a guy that before he was hurt, he was among the, the top statistically at the receiver position until he got hurt against Baltimore. So he's someone I would look at. In addition to that, going back to the chemistry side of things, Mike Evans, you have to, you have to look at him. It, you know, you talk about a guy who's a beast on the outside, as big as he is. They just throw that fade to him. The chemistry with Jameis Winston is there. I mean, Jameis, before he even got to the Buccaneers, was mentioning him in the, the draw up with Mariucci. So those are two guys that, that I would look at. I think you're going to get a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards from from both of them.
2: Gene,
0: in the early rounds, where are you going?
2: Early rounds, I'm I'm going with um a guy, and I, I I'm a bit believer in if you can get the best player at the position, you should do that over getting um, some random like fifth, sixth, seventh, seventh guy. So I would go and get, um, go and get Rob Gronkowski from new England. I think that he's a guy who will be there in those, in those early rounds. A lot of people will try to reach on wide receivers and reach on running backs because they, there've been four or five taken instead of realizing that once you get past the first three, the value from, like, four to eight or nine is not that different. But if you look at the difference between the top tight ends and those other tight ends, it's dramatic. Those are the guys that can help you win your um, league. So I would go Rob Gronkowski.
0: Now, you look at the middle rounds, the middle pick, fifth round through eighth round. I'm going, I know this probably early than, than many people would take, But I will go with the Panthers' defense because, again, they can score points. Uh, I I like Kirk Cousins in the the middle rounds and and also Melvin Gordon. I think Kirk Cousins in that offense with the amount of weapons they have, uh, you know, with Deshaun Jackson and and, uh, Pierre Garçon, Jordan Reed, and when Josh Doxon gets healthy and gets out there, they also have Jamison Crowder. So I think he's a good middle-round pick. Melvin Gordon I think will get over 1,000 yards this year. So – those are my middle round selections. So I'll start back with Eugene in the middle rounds, five through eight. Where are you going with your, your picks?
2: Um, once again, middle rounds. I'm trying to get the best, and I think that in in the middle rounds you can you can fall in love with some some guys who are really like ah, eh, and you can get them super late, or you can get just as good as um production super late. Um, middle rounds don't be afraid to take a defense um seattle's going to be one of those defenses that are going to have a great year this year you can see it already they're they're healthy they're flying around they've got people ready in place to to be disruptive on the defensive line they probably go too too deep at every position with a guy who who could be a starter as a spot starter if not like a star at the position, so I like Seattle. I also would look into a kicker at this point in time, Stephen Houska from Seattle, because that dude's got one of the strongest legs in the in the NFL, and he's going to get an opportunity to use it.
0: To Ryan, you're up, with middle rounds. Who are some people that people should keep an eye on or should take in, in between rounds five through eight?
3: Middle rounds, I always look at you know big playability. So I'm going to go with a guy that I've always been high on since he was at Oregon state. And that's Brandon cooks. I mean, he's someone, he's an explosive receiver. I think that he's going to continue to excel in the saints offense. So he's someone I would look at. I would definitely begin to look at the Eagles defense, as I mentioned earlier, but then in addition to that, I think this is a good time, especially if you haven't got quarterback yet, you don't want to get stuck with a guy like Alex Smith later. So Go ahead and grab Marcus Mariota if he's there in the middle rounds because, again, going back to the big playability, you're going to get that because he's going to throw the ball downfield to Delaney Walker. He's going to throw the ball downfield to guys like Kendall Wright. And he's a guy that will also get you run a, a double bonus when you have a guy like Mariota.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you take him over a guy like Alex Smith easily. Uh, what about you, Chris?
1: So I'm actually going to – Give you two running backs that I think will be there in the middle rounds, that the fifth to eighth round range, starting with a guy who will be there in the fifth round. Don't sleep on him just because he decided to fumble the ball in the playoff game. But Jeremy Hill, he's going to get goal line carries. He's going to get the ball given to him. You want a guy who's going to get 15 to 20 carries every game, no matter what, Jeremy Hill will get that, and he's also going to get those goal line carries. So look for him. He can be a good running back, too, for you. A guy who will probably go in the seventh round to you, T.J. Yeldon. Don't let the banana in the tailpipe fool you. Chris Ivory is not going to be the starter because he's not a dependable back. He's a good battering ram. T.J. Yeldon is a guy who is a three-down back, and he's in his second year. Quietly, he had a better rookie season than people want to give him credit for. And though, in the past, anyone who's played in the fantasy football league with me knows, I've kind of slept on defenses before. This is the first time, and I'll give you—I'll piggyback off of what Gene said. The Seattle Seahawks. Here's their first four-week schedule before their fifth week. Bye. The Miami Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill's primed to turn the ball over every time. The Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff. Enough said. San Francisco 49ers. I'm not gonna laugh here because I would not stop laughing for five minutes. And then the New York Giant—the New York Jets actually. Ryan Fitzpatrick. That is all, folks. Seattle might be the first defense to score 30 points in a standard league each week in the first four weeks.
0: I I can't argue with any of those picks, man. And we move on to the late late rounds, 9th through 11th. I'm going RG3. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good year, but you can get him later on in the draft. Uh, The Redskins defense, talked about them earlier, as a defense that's going to have a breakout year. And, And Jason Morrow, I think, We're finally going to see him realize his potential out there with the Jets Um, because I don't think Brandon Marshall or Eric Decker will have those seasons that we saw last year. So look for the tight end to get a lot of work for gang green. Chris, kicking back off with you, late round picks, where are you going?
1: You know, unless you get Rob Gronkowski in that second round range or Jordan Reed, who's got a lot of targets in the fifth round, you want to go with your tight end in this area. So I'm going to give you two tight ends who are going to get a lot of targets and we'll score you the requisite points. Zach Ertz, I talked about him earlier. Doug Peterson, much like what they did in Kansas City, wants to throw the balls to the tight end. Short at fishing passes, he's going to get probably 80 catches this year for 10 touchdowns. Another guy who, from day one that he stepped on the field, the worst quarterback in the NFL had a connection with him. And that's Zach Miller in Chicago. Yes, I called Jay Cutler the worst quarterback in the NFL for a reason. Zach Miller's going to get targets. Because Jay Cutler is going to look for him first and then throw the ball up for no apparent reason as a jump ball. Alshon Jeffries is a bailout. But again, Zach Miller will get those targets. That's the guy you want to look for. As far as a running back, I'm going to say like this there's a guy who's sitting out there who's probably not getting the love that he deserves. But you got to remember Dean brought it up earlier. Don't take this guy in the first round because his backup is just as effective. And that's Chris Johnson. Arizona's not going to give David Johnson 30 carries a game. So don't take him in the first round. He's a he's basically a receiver out of the backfield. Chris Johnson's a better running back. If you get him in the 10th, 11th round, he's going to give you the same value as David Johnson. So you might as well snag him.
0: What about you, Um
3: I'm, I'm going to start off at the quarterback position. And I think Joe Flacco... This is a guy that I would get right now because he he's going to get he'll get you four thousand yards. He can get you that plays. Um, Derrick Wallace on the outside. You know, Steve Smith is coming back as well. They like to go to the tight ends also. So I would definitely look to, to grab a guy Paco. Like but it goes back to the Zach Ertz conversation. I, I I would by all means look at him because I'm telling you. This offense is set up to get him the football. He's not listed as the starter on the flip card, but I will say he's the number one option on pretty much every passing play. They're working him multiple ways, you know, a slot. They line him up out wide, in line, of course, and they have a lot of route concepts where he's the guy that Bradford's looking for first. And it's no secret they have the chemistry. So Zach Ertz is someone I would look at. Just to throw another tight end, there, Charles Clay is another one that, that I think will will have a another solid season in Buffalo. He, he was a big play guy in Miami, and you know obviously Tyler Taylor is going to be there. Since to him for the contract, and uh, I think that those two will continue to develop their chemistry, and I, I think that he'll have plenty of big plays in Buffalo.
0: Gene, who are you rounding out the late rounds with?
2: Well, late rounds, I would look at Charles Sims, especially if you took Doug Martin early as a handcuff to, to, or a doppelganger to, to Doug Martin. Um, but also just as another back, again, I think they will be very wary about giving Doug Martin a billion carries. Again, they'll want to split those carries because they really do like what Charles Sims brings to the table as a late round guy. Um, and, Believe it or not, this is a guy who I would take in the late rounds but also might be – you know what? I'm going to save him. I'm going to save him for, for next. Um, Yeah, so Charles, Charles Sims, I'll, I'll just stay there, and then we'll go on from there.
0: Well, since you brought, since you brought it up, you talked about that 12th pick, which is the last pick. Uh, I'll give you three. three 12 times. to
1: 16. Huh? 12 to 16, 12
0: yeah. 12 to 16. 12 to 16. You got Marquise Lee. As an option, like I mentioned before, two defenses, Giants defense and Saints defense, I think will be there and should give you great bang for your buck in the later part of the draft. Those 12 through 16 rounds. So, Gene, since you had since you teased the folks out there, who are you going with uh, with this? This this last pick?
2: Well, um, first, I always think that the greatest place to pick him because people forget about him, asleep on how good he is, Sebastian Janikowski he normally ends up falling, and every year I go, man, he's still around in the 12th, 13th round. I'll take him, and he's going to kick you a 50-something yarder at some point, and he's going to get you extra points because in most standard leagues, they give you extra points for, large, for longer kicks. So he's a guy who I, I believe is still a good value in that. And a guy who, who should not be there late but will be there late, mark my words, is Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor will be there late because people are stupid and they're stupid because as much as they say they care about fantasy and how fantasy works, they're going to look at him and say, well, he plays in a Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan offense. So he's not going to get a chance to pass the ball a lot. And, oh, well, he scrambles around a lot. So maybe his passing numbers are not going to be good. But if you look at his production, He's probably going to get you somewhere between forty and fifty yards rushing every game.
1: He's probably going sure to... was the number two fantasy quarterback last year. Fun fact.
2: There you go, there you go. He's going to get the ball in the end zone running, but he throws the best deep ball in the NFL, and he has some of the fastest receivers in the NFL. He also has one of the best deep ball catching tight ends in the NFL, in Charles Clay. So. I will not be surprised if Tyrod Taylor um, goes late and you can get him in the 12th to 16th round. You're getting a steal because he'll start for you every game. It won't matter who he's going up against. Also, funny enough, a little bit about quarterbacks. If you're not going to get a quarterback early, just wait. Because once you're through the, the top-tier quarterbacks, all the rest of them really really shape out the same as far as the statistics go. So if you're not going to take one early, don't reach for somebody in the sixth, seventh round. Just wait until the end and get one. Because most, most teams are not going to pick three three quarterbacks. So most likely you're going to get a top 20 quarterback in your league if you just wait. Teron, 12 through,
0: through 16, where are you going?
3: You know, I'm going to go back to the tight end position and at this point I would look at Martellus Bennett I think even though Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback those first four games and you got Gronkowski on the other side I think looking at how they were able to do things with the their double tight end sets back when they had Aaron Hernandez I see them getting back to that with a guy like Martellus Bennett so he's someone that I would look at they always like to target the tight ends in the red zone. So I, I would definitely look at him. Uh, a couple other guys, I, I think doral Green is a guy I would look at also. Not for, for high uh, catch numbers, but for touchdowns. They're going to give him plenty of opportunities in the red zone. I mean, 6'5", 237. You're going to give a guy like that jump ball opportunities. So his first play is team on, uh, on that same, uh, you, you know, the, the jump ball situation. So I think that he's someone to look at. Another eagle that I would look at is Jordan Matthews at this at this point, you know, because he's gonna get you a lot of receptions. He'll get you a thousand yards. And I I see him having eight touchdowns as well. He's gonna work the middle of the field from the slot position.
1: So those are a couple guys that I would take at this point. CJ. So I'm gonna start with the position that I think you should not take until this area, the twelfth through sixteenth round, and that's kicker. With the last pick of your draft in a standard 16-pick league, you should go with Brandon McManus. Here are the three things you want to look for in a kicker. Leg strength. There's older kickers like Phil Dawson out there who can't kick very far. McManus has leg strength. Offensive efficiency in the red zone. You want to look for an offense that's mediocre in the red zone. You don't want to look for Tom Brady's New England Patriots. Yes, Gustawski's gonna get a lot of kick attempts, but you want to look for an offense that's mediocre. And third thing you want to look for is a great defense because they're gonna be set up to be in field goal range, the 30-yard line, often. Brandon McManus supplies all those things. You can get him in the 16th round. And then I want to go with the following. I'm a big fan of getting a quarterback two that works with the quarterback one. So Jameis Winston is my late round pick. Here's why. Do you know who Jameis Winston plays in weeks 14, 15, and 16, which are usually your championship weeks, your playoff weeks? The New Orleans Saints, Dallas Cowboys, and New Orleans Saints. Those defensive secondaries are horrific. Jameis Winston might throw 13 touchdowns in those three weeks. You want to couple him with your Tom Brady's and the other guys because that's going to get you a win. Number two, and I'm, I'm letting all my secrets out because I actually haven't drafted in my four drafts yet, but you know what? You couple the Seattle defense early with the the Cincinnati Bengals defense in the 12th round. Here's why. Here's who Cincinnati plays, and it couples very well with Seattle. In week 14, Cincinnati plays against the Cleveland Browns. Week 15, Seattle plays against the Los Angeles Rams. But in your championship game week, Cincinnati plays against the Houston Texans. I don't trust Brock Osweiler to save my life. That is going to win you that week, having that defense. So you want to take Cincinnati in the 12th round. Trust me, folks, it's going to work out well for you. Cincinnati shows up in the regular season, just not the postseason. So this will be a championship for you waiting to be baked.
0: You handed out a lot of ether right there too, Chris. You know, I appreciate sure your comments. Going to be Blood on- fire. <laughs> Blood fire. Your comments going to be on fire after this. But, I mean, we, we, we went a little long, you know, but this was our fantasy football preview. Um, hour and 40 minutes that's not bad you know not bad get, we gave the folks a lot of information to digest um this will get them right we'll be back with another podcast soon and um for gene clemens for Ter- teron davenport i'm about to call him tyrod taylor for teron davenport chris james i'm Emory Hunter's is the Zardo playbook again follow everybody on twitter at cj florida 9 for chris at gene clemens for gene Give the people F- what they the want. Well, for Tehran at F Game Plan for us, and um, you should be able to check out this podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And these guys do a lot of great work, so continue to support Football Game Plan by checking these guys out and what they are able to produce each and every time. They either write an article, produce a video, uh, produce a podcast. They do great work for Football Game Plan and also for the fact that they do actual football stuff like coaching, and our beat writers for NFL teams. And you know I will always be around at a college campus uh, for these games that kick off this weekend uh, with Hawaii and California playing in uh, Sydney, Australia, and Charleston Southern playing North Dakota State in the FCS Kickoff Classic. So for all these guys involved here at Football Game Plan, this was our first episode of the fantasy football starting lineup for this season. This was the season preview and we hope you guys enjoyed and we'll tune in next time. So we are out.